Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin. Nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Thumma alhamdulillah. Um, we've reached another lesson of the tafsir of the short surahs of the Qur'an course. And tonight, after completing last week, uh, Surah Al-Bayyinah, we move on to the next surah, which is Surah Al-Zalzalah, which is Surah Al-Zalzalah, the chapter of the earthquake. So there is a hadith that speaks about um, this hadith, or this ayah, or the surah rather, there is a hadith that speaks about the surah, where a man came to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, and he said, teach me what to recite, O messenger of Allah. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he advised him and he said, اِقْرَأْ ثَلَاثًا مِنْ ذَوَاتِ أَلِفْ لَامْرَى Recite three from those which begin, يعني those surahs which begin with the letters, أَلِفْ لَامْرَى And then the man, he said, I have become old in age, my heart has hardened and my tongue has become harsh. As if to say this is a bit too much for me. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, فَقْرَأْ مِنْ ذَوَاتِ حَامِيمِ Then recite from those which begin with the letters حَامِيم And then the man said the same thing as he said before. And so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, اِقْرَأْ ثَلَاثًا مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحَاتِ Recite three from the مُسَبِّحَاتِ Those surahs which start with سَبَّحَ لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ And so forth. And then the man said the same thing as he had said before. Then the man said, Rather give me something to recite that is comprehensive of all of these. Something easy, something short, something that is, uh, uh, that I'm capable of doing, but that, compre- that is comprehensive. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Recite, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا When the earth is shaken in its ultimate quaking. Right? Basically, Surah Zalzala. Then, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam finished reciting the surah, the man said, by he who has sent you with the truth, swearing by Allah as a prophet, I will never add anything else to it. And then the man turned away and left. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, The little man has been successful. The little man has been successful. So this shows us the, the power of the surah. That this surah is a comprehensive surah. It's a short surah of the Quran without a doubt. But... It is a comprehensive surah in terms of the power that it withholds and in terms of the meaning that it withholds. So we're going to go through the surah today bi ta'ala and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make it beneficial for us that he makes us that he makes this a lesson that is beneficial um, and that we can take lessons from the powerful ayat of Allah Azza wa Jal. Um, Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhu he narrates when idha zulzila was revealed Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu, he wept and he cried. And so Rasulullah said to him, What has caused you to cry, O Abu Bakr? And he said, It's this surah that has caused me to cry. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said, If you were not to commit sin, Allah would sweep you out of existence and he would replace you by those people who would commit sin and seek forgiveness from Allah and he would have pardoned them. Okay, so this is another narration which mentions the revelation of the surah and how it impacted Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu 
in hearing the surah, he wept. And we will see when we go through the surah why the surah uh, is such a powerful surah that can move uh, the heart of the believer and it instills fear into the heart of the believer as well as the disbelievers. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also at the end of this narration uh, he mentions that if we were not to commit sin, you know, Allah would have taken us away and He would have replaced us with people who would commit sin but they would then seek forgiveness from Allah and Allah would forgive them. So as if not to lose hope, you know, again the, the reminder of hope is, is very strong. To say that we are created this way with our weaknesses that we are going to commit sin. So we should not expect perfection, although we should strive for perfection. When we commit sin, we acknowledge our sins and we turn to Allah Azza wa Jal and we ask Him for forgiveness. And this is the true believer. This is the true believer. He is the one who does commit sin, right? But he acknowledges the sin. And he tries his best to stop the sin and he turns to Allah Azza wa Jal for forgiveness. And bi Allah will forgive him because he is Ghafoor Rahim. So Allah Azza wa Jal in the first ayah of this surah he says, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا When the earth is shaken in its ultimate shaking or its ultimate quaking. Uh, Sahabi, the great Sahabi, Tarjuman al-Quran, the great, great commentator of the Quran, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma he said Zulzilat al-ard it means it will be shaken from its core it will be shaken from its core this is as al-Qurtubi mentioned Ibn Kathir mentions that he said this means it will move it will start to move from beneath it the earth and the ground and will start to shake and start to move this is how it will start as uh, also Imam Ashinqiti he said it will be a violent, severe shaking with utmost speed, extremely fast, extremely quick, and it will be extremely severe and violent. This is what will happen when Zulzilat al-Ard Zilzalaha happens. When is this going to be? This will happen at the first blowing of the trumpet. Now we know, as the Quran has mentioned, there will be two blowing of the tra- blowings of the trumpet come uh, Qiyamah. As Mujahid says in a similar verse, Allah Azza wa Jal said in Surah Al-Nazi'at, يَوْمَ تَرْجُفُ الرَّاجِفَةِ تَتْبَعُهَا الرَّادِفَةِ He says, consider the day when the quaking blast will come to pass, followed by a second blast. When the quaking blast, this now refers to, إِذَا زُلْزِلَةِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا Followed by a second blast, a second blowing of the trumpet. So, this first إِذَا زُلْزِلَ The first shaking that will happen will be after the first blowing of the trumpet um, and then there will be a second blowing of the trumpet later on. After the second blowing of the trumpet, the dead will be thrown out of the earth. The dead that are buried in this dunya, Ashabul Qubur, they will be then thrown out of the earth. And this is what we know as Athqal. Athqal comes in the next ayah, which we are going to get to, right? وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا That will happen at the second blowing of the trumpet. So the first blowing of the trumpet is زلزالها, The earth will shake a tremendous violent shaking and this will happen after the first blowing of the trumpet. The second will happen, second blowing of the trumpet will then happen and then أَثْقَالَهَا, verse number two which we are going to get to will happen and this, will, this is when Allah says that the earth will throw out the dead bodies from it. Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah says, um, what's meant here by this shaking, this quaking, 
is similar to what Allah mentions in the beginning of Surah Hajj, where Allah says, Ya ayyuhal nasu attaqu rabbakum, O humanity, fear your Lord. إِنَّ زَلْزَلَةَ السَّاعَةِ شَيْءٌ عَظِيمٌ For the violent quaking, the zalzalah, right? That's the surah's name, that earthquake, that violent quaking. At the hour is surely a dreadful thing. It is a serious thing. إِنَّ زَلْزَلَةَ السَّاعَةِ شَيْءٌ عَظِيمٌ So Allah encourages us to fear Him, to be, to be weary and to be conscious of Him at all times. Why? Because come the hour, there's going to be this violent shaking, this violent quaking, um, which is surely a dreadful thing, as Allah says. And then Allah Azza wa Jal continues and He says, يَوْمَ تَرَوْنَهَا تَذْهَلُ كُلُّ مُرْضِعَةٍ عَمَّا أَرْضَعَتْ On that day you will see every nursing mother, every breastfeeding mother, she will abandon what she is nursing. And every pregnant woman will deliver her, her burden prematurely. She will give birth instantly. Whatever she is carrying in her womb, she will, it will be delivered instantly. And you will see people as if they are drunk. This is when this happens. When, when this quaking happens, this is what you're going to see. Nursing women dropping their babies, um, abandoning them in the streets, wherever, and only worrying about themselves. Pregnant women giving birth instantly out of fear, out of extreme fear. And you will see people wandering around as if they are drunk. But they will not be drunk. Though they will not be drunk. But the, the torment and the punishment of Allah is terribly severe. It is extremely severe. It's because of this that this is the way the people are roaming around. So Ibn Uthaymin says, Zilzalaha, that shaking, that ultimate shaking, it means the most severe of shaking. The likes of which has never happened. The likes of which has never happened. And Wallahu Musta'an, we look around, we look into history, and we can look, um, you know, the, the, this magnitude of this earthquake was such, and this magnitude was such. So many people dead, so much property destroyed, so many houses and buildings collapsed and swallowed up by the earth. None of that will be in comparison to what's going to happen come the hour, come Qiyamah. Hence Allah says that you will see people as if they were drunk. Due to the extreme confusion and due to what has befallen them, it is as if they are drunk. They will be wandering around out of complete fear, doing things um, whilst they're not as if, it's as if they're not at their senses. But they are healthy, they are actually, their minds are very much at their senses, but because of the severe, terrifying scenes, it causes them to be like intoxicated people who don't know what to do or how to react or, subhanAllah, absolutely lost like drunk people as the Qur'an mentioned. So this will happen when? When the earth will shake with an ultimate shaking. This happens after the first trumpet, which is similar to the ayat, which Allah mentions in Surah Hajj, Allah expounds on that. Uh, uh, somewhat or he mentions the severity of well, how it's going to be when Allah protect us in the second ayah Allah then says and when the earth throws out all its contents as we said this will happen after the second blowing of the trumpet its contents what is meant by this Ibn Kathir he explains and he says it will throw forth meaning the earth it will throw forth that which is in it of the dead whatever is buried within it it will be thrown out this is the athqal, it's the amwat, it's the, it's, the, it's the dead. 
And this is similar to other sayings of Allah, other ayat where Allah says, وَإِذَا الْأَرْضُ مُدَّتْ وَأَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا وَتَخَلَّتْ When Allah says, and when the earth is stretched forth and has cast out all that was in it and became empty. وَأَلْقَتْ مَا فِيهَا وَتَخَلَّتْ becomes empty. All that was buried within the earth gets thrown out. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in a similar ayah, Mentioning a similar lesson. وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَصَعِقَ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَنْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ The trumpet will be blown. And all those in the heavens and the earth, and all those on the earth will fall dead. Except those who Allah wills to spare. ثُمَّ نُفِخَ فِيهِ أُخْرَى Then it will be blown again. The second blowing of the trumpet. فَإِذَا هُمْ قِيَامٌ يَنْظُرُونَ And they will rise up at once. Looking in anticipation, looking on in anticipation. So this is, as we said, the dead will then rise, the dead will then be thrown out. This is something similar to what Allah Azza wa Jal is saying over here. Athqalaha therefore means the dead will be thrown out. The Ashabul Qubur, those in their graves will be thrown out. In a, in a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions something slightly different and he says, the earth will throw out pieces of its liver, meaning its contents. Gold and silver will come out like columns. Gold and silver will come out from the earth like columns. And a thief will come and say, For this my hands were amputated. A murderer will come and say, For this I killed. And people who severed ties of kinship will come and say, For this I severed ties of kinship. Then they will leave it without taking anything from it. This is what's going to happen they will realize that these things are worthless. They did all of these sins, all of these bad deeds, seeking the dunya, looking for, you know, the dunya. But when this happens, when it's thrown out and they see it's actually not worth anything, they will leave it without taking anything of it. And this will happen again, kam qiyamah. And then what Allah says is, وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا And humanity, they will cry out and say, what is wrong with it? What is wrong with it? Meaning the earth. What's wrong with the earth? Right? Why is the earth shaking? Imam Al-Qurtubi, he explains and he says, Some ulama say that this ayah applies to the mu'mineen and the kuffar, the believing slaves as well as the disbelieving slaves. And this is because those, that group of scholars, they say that this is from the signs of the hour in this dunya. So therefore, both groups will call out and ask each other what is wrong with the earth, what's happening. Understand? Meaning that they don't realize what is happening. So therefore, it's like a sign of Qiyamah. When this happens, it's a sign of Qiyamah. So the believers and the disbelievers, they don't know what's happening. They are both in fear. They're both confused. And this severe shaking is happening. The earth is throwing out things. And they are then all saying, what is wrong with the earth? As for the second group of scholars, they say that this applies to the shaking on Qiyamah. Right? This applies to the shaking on Qiyamah, not before Qiyamah. So they say this refers to the disbelievers only, meaning it will be the disbelievers who will say, وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا What is wrong with it? The disbelievers will not know what's happening. Whereas the mu'mineen, they know what's happening. They are aware of what's happening because they were warned, they understood, they followed the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So it's the disbelievers, this group of ulama, they say, they will be the ones who are saying, Ma laha, what's going on? What's happening? As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Yaseen, وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَإِذَا هُمْ مِنَ الْأَجْدَاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ The trumpet will be blown a second time. 
then behold, they will rush from their graves to their Lord. Right? This is what we spoke about. They will come out of their graves from their Lord, uh, to their Lord. And they will say, Ya waylana man ba'athana min marqadina. They will cry out and say, Woe to us. So here they will basically be cursing themselves. Woe to us. Who has raised us up from our place of rest? You see? So they are confused. They don't know what's happening. Understand? Um, and this is why the ayah, they say it applies to the disbelievers. Ma laha, what's wrong? What's happening? You understand? So this is something similar. Where Allah is saying that when this, this, when they are resurrected again and thrown out of their graves, they will say, who did this? What's happening? Complete confusion, complete chaos. Whereas the, disbelie- sorry, the believers will say, هَذَا مَا وَعَدَ الرَّحْمَانُ وَصَدَقَ الْمُرْسَلُونَ this is the interpretation of Ashinqiti, Imam Muhammad Al-Amin Ashinqiti. He says, the believers will then say, this must be what Ar-Rahman, the most compassionate, warned us of. The messengers told the truth. Understand? So his interpretation says that the disbelievers will be in confusion. They won't know what's happening. And therefore they will say after they are thrown out of their graves and some of them are still wandering around after the trumpet was blown, uh, or, sorry, they were thrown out of the graves. Yes, they will then be confused and they will say, Who raised us up from a place of rest? What is happening? What's going on? What's happening with the earth? But the believers will understand and they will say, This is what Ar Rahman warned us of, what he promised us. The messengers told the truth. So, on the one hand, the disbelievers are, are, are like cursing themselves, as the, whereas the believers they are at ease. They understand what is happening is the promise of Ar-Rahman and Allah knows best. Ibn Kathir, he says, um, the insan will be baffled by its situation after the earth was stable and settled and firm and it used to be settled upon the surface of the earth. What now that the shaking is happening, they will be completely baffled and confused. This refers to the alteration of the state of things and the earth moving and shaking. They will come to it inescapable quaking that Allah prepared for it. Then it will throw out its dead people from the first to the last generations. At that time, the people will be baffled and confused by the events and the earth changing into other than the earth and the heavens as well. Then they will be presented before Allah Al-Wahid Al-Qahar, the one, the irresistible. That's what Imam Kathir, he said. Ma laha means they will be saying what is wrong with it. What's happening to this earth? Why is it shaking? Why is it throwing out its contents? Why is the dead coming out? All of this they will be saying out of astonishment, out of shock, out of complete confusion. Like intoxicated people, they will say, what's causing this? What is happening? All of this out of extreme fear and horror. Wallahu al-musta'an. Then Allah Azza wa Jalla, He says, يَوْمَ إِذِنْ تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا On that day, the earth will recount everything. The earth will recount everything. The earth will mention and recall all deeds that was done upon it, good and bad. The earth will then mention, it will then speak about, it will recall all deeds that was done on it. All the good that was done, all the bad that was done, the earth will recall everything and recount everything. Allahu al-musta'an. Ibn Kathir, he says, it means the earth will speak of what the people did upon its surface. The earth will speak about what the people did upon its surface. And Abu Hurairah, he narrates a hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he recited this ayah. 
يوم إذن تحدث أخبارها and he said that day it will declare its information the earth will declare its information and then he explained and he said do you know what this information is do you know what it's going to recall and they said Allah and the messenger knows best and then he said indeed its information uh, is that it will testify against every male and female servant about what they did upon its surface it will say that he did such and such on such and such a day and this is what is meant by akhbaraha its information all of its uh, its happenings it will recount everything that happened this is what it means that the earth will testify against the slaves so and so she did this good on that day and she did that bad on that day and this fulan did so and so of good on this day and that brother over there did this evil on that day and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best there is some weakness in this hadith as mentioned by Albani and others although the meaning is correct the meaning is uh, correct without a doubt that this is what will happen and Allah azza wa jal knows best Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrates a hadith and he said I see you liking sheep and the wilderness so whenever you are with your sheep or in the wilderness and you want to pronounce adhan for the salah raise your voice in doing so raise your, raise your voice in doing so for whoever hears the adhan whether a human being a jinn or anything or anything whatever hears the adhan will be a witness for you on the day of qiyamah Abu Sa'id then said, I heard this from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Meaning, this is to add to this hadith, the previous hadith that we mentioned, and to add to this ayah that everything will be recalled, right? The earth will recall. This hadith mentions the human beings, the jinn or anything else. Whatever has heard the adhan, therefore raise your voice because that thing is going to come and bear witness for you and say, this is the person who gave the adhan. This is the person who gave the call to prayer and so forth. In another hadith, similar hadith in the Sahih of Abu Khuzaymah, it mentions not a stone will hear it, not a tree will hear it, not even the mud will hear it, except that they will be a witness. Understand? So when the Mu'adhin raises his voice, anything that hears the adhan, is going to bear witness for him for having done this. Similarly, this is how the earth will bear witness for whatever good has been done upon it and whatever bad has been done upon it. Subhanallah. Another hadith mentions that the talbiyah of the person on Hajj or Umrah, when they recite the talbiyah, labbaik Allahumma labbaik, not a thing here that hears the talbiyah to the east or the west, to the front or the back, a stone, a Three, that years the talbiyah will be doing the talbiyah with you and will be a witness for you for that talbiyah. Subhanallah. So like this, this is similar to this ayah where the earth will recall everything that was done upon it. It will be a witness for the, for the slaves, um, for either the good that they did or for the bad that they did. Everything will come out on that day. Subhanallah. Ibn Uthaymin, rahimahullah, he says, whatever years the adhan, whether it's a tree or stone, it will be a witness for the mu'adhin on qiyamah, as we explain. And this is from the perfect justice of Allah. The shaykh, he explains, this is from the perfect justice of Allah, that Allah only takes people to task based on what they have done. Allah will never punish us for something that we did not do. And he will never reward us for something that we, not, that we did not do either. So this is justice. You did good, you get good. You did bad, you get bad. You get bad. This is how Allah Azza wa Jal works. Perfect justice. Um, but this ayah is also to silence the mujrimin. Because the mujrimin, they will come 
on the day of Qiyamah and they will see that the people of Tawheed, the Muwahideen are being saved and are being sent to Jannah. Whereas they were people of shirk. They have been worshipping other than Allah. Right? They will come on Qiyamah and say, we did not commit shirk. The Quran mentions this. They will say that we were not of the mushrikeen and we did not worship other than Allah. Allah will then silence them. They will silence them. They will be unable to speak. And he will cause the earth as well as their limbs to testify against them. So on that day, Allah will silence their mouths, seal it shut. They've said what they said. Okay, silence. Now, what we will bring as a witness against you will be the dunya itself, the earth itself, where you walked, where you talked, where you boasted, where you were haughty and proud, where you worshipped other than Allah, where you committed this sin and that sin, that will come and speak against you. The earth will come on that day and it will recall everything. Subhanallah. And how will this happen? Is this possible? It will happen because the next ayah says, Having been inspired by your Lord to do so. How does the earth do this? Allah commands it to speak and therefore it will speak. That's what it means. Allah inspires the earth to speak and so it speaks. Ibn Abbas says, its Lord will say to it, speak, so it will speak. Al-Quradi, he said, he will command it to separate from them. Yani this refers to now a different part of the, the ayah. It will separate from the, from the dead. The earth will separate from them. This is what he is referring this ayah back to. But the ayah also refers back to the previous ayah of the earth speaking. Allah will say to the earth, speak, recall everything, and it will recall everything. And again, Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he explains and he says, Allah can do whatever He wants to do. Right? If He instructs something to happen, it will happen. If He wants anything to happen, we know Allah just says, kun fayakun, be and it is. And if He addresses something inanimate to speak, it will speak. So people should not doubt this ayah and think, well, how can the earth speak? How can the, this earth, how can it speak? How is this earth going to speak? Does it have a mouth? Does it have a tongue? As they have lips, the reality is, if Allah wants it to speak, it will speak. If Allah gives it the mouth and lips to speak, that's what will happen. We should never doubt and think, but how? Kaif, how can this happen? Allah says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Allah can make it speak just like He makes everything else speak. And as Allah mentions in many other ayat, Allah says, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَىٰ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ وَهِيَ دُخَانٌ فَقَالَ لَهَا وَلِلْأَرْضِ اِتِيَا طَوْعًا أَوْ كَرْهَا Allah says, then he turned towards the heaven. He rose up above the heavens when it was still like smoke, saying to it and to the earth, the heavens and the earth. Allah says to it, submit willingly or unwillingly. He says to the earth, submit willingly or unwillingly. Then what happens? The earth and the heavens, they say, they both say, we submit willingly. We submit willingly. The earth spoke. The heavens spoke. How did they speak? Only Allah Azza wa Jal knows. Allah can cause it to speak if He wants to. Like in a hadith, He said to the pen, Uktub. Allah said to the pen, Write. And the pen replied, Ya Rabbi, what should I write? Allah then responded, Write what's going to happen up until Qiyamah. 
Right? What will happen up until Qiyamah? The point is that pen spoke back to Allah. How is it possible? If Allah wants it to happen, it can happen. Allah also says, الْيَوْمَ نَخْتِمُ عَلَىٰ أَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ On this day, we will seal their mouths. As we said about the mushrikeen, Allah will seal their mouths. Their hands will speak to us. And their feet will testify to what they used to do, what they used to commit, or what they used to earn. Subhanallah. So this... Um, ayah is also in, in, in evidence, not just for the perfect justice of Allah, but also to silence the mujrimeen, who will come with their lives even on that day, and they will say, we were not, we were not mushrikeen, we did not commit shirk, we were also muwahideen, we were also people who only worshipped Allah, but this is how Allah silences them. And these ayat are so powerful, we have to mention them. Allah Azza wa he says, وَيَوْمَ يُحْشَرُ أَعْدَاءُ اللَّهِ إِلَى النَّارِ فَهُمْ يُزَعُونَ Consider the day when the enemies of Allah will be gathered for the fire, all driven in ranks. When they reach it, their ears, eyes, and skin will testify against what they used to do. And then they will say, They will ask their skin out of anger, furiously. Why have you testified against us? The, the skin will say, We have been made to speak by Allah, who causes all things to speak. Not even we can speak except by the will of Allah. So if Allah wants us to be silent, we will be silent. If Allah wants the skin to speak, it will speak. And then it's, He is the one who created you the first time, and to him you were, you were bound to return. وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَتِرُونَ أَيَّ يَشْهَدَ عَلَيْكُمْ سَمْعُكُمْ وَلَا أَبْصَارُكُمْ وَلَا جُلُودُكُمْ You did not bother to hide yourselves from your, uh, your ears, your eyes and your skin to prevent them from testifying against you. Allahu Akbar. This is the reality. We in this dunya, we become so heedless. We don't bother to hide our sins. From these limbs of ours which are going to testify against us. So to come and complain on Qiyam and say, why are you testifying against us? Now is the time to prevent that from happening by changing our lives, by giving up the sin, by doing only righteous deeds, by abstaining from as much sin as possible and as best as we can. But rather you assumed that Allah did not know much of what you used to do. This was the ignorance of man. This is what heedlessness and ghafla brings. Wallahu musta'an. And then Allah says, وَذَٰلِكُمْ ظَنُّكُمُ الَّذِي ظَنَنْتُمْ بِرَبِّكُمْ أَرْدَاكُمْ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ It was that false assumption you entertained about your Lord that has brought about your doom. So you have become losers. فَإِنْ يَصْبِرُوا فَالنَّارُ مَثْوَلْ لَهُمْ Even if they endure patiently, the fire will always be their home. وَإِنْ يَسْتَعْتِبُوا And if they beg to appease their Lord, فَمَا هُمْ مِنَ الْمُعْتَبِينَ They will never be allowed to. Subhanallah, powerful, powerful ayat. Wallahu al-musta'an. The next ayah, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, يَوْمَ إِذِي يَصْدُرُ النَّاسُ أَشْتَاتَ لِيُرَوْ أَعْمَالَهُمْ On that day, people will proceed in separate groups to, to be shown to be shown the consequences of their deeds so on that day what's going to happen is people will then be put into groups ashtata means groups and sects um, they will be put into these groups and they will then proceed right to be shown so that they can see 
their deeds. A'malahum. Ibn Kathir explains and he says, they will, they will return from the station of judgment in separate groups. This means they will be divided into types and categories between those who are miserable and those who are happy and those who, command, who are commanded to go to Jannah and those who are commanded to go to the hellfire. So picture this. After they will stand in the place of standing on Qiyamah, they will now be divided into groups. The happy group, the miserable group, the people going to Jannah, the people going to Jahannam, like this will be separated into groups and they will be sent. Sent where? To go and see their deeds or the consequences of their deeds. In a similar ayah, Allah says, يَوْمَ نَحْشُرُ الْمُتَّقِينَ إِلَى الرَّحْمَانِ wafda." Watch for the day we will gather the righteous before Ar-Rahman as an honored delegation. We will gather the righteous, the muttaqin, the people of taqwa, before the most compassionate as an honored delegation. وَنَسُوقُ الْمُجْرِمِينَ إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ wirda," And we will drive the wicked to hell like a thirsty herd, like a thirsty herd, people that are in desperation, they will be driven away to hell. So one group going there, one group going there. This is similar to the ayah mentioning ashtata, they will be in groups, you understand? So Ya Allah mentions this groups again, the muttaqin will be heading to Ar-Rahman to stand before him as an honor delegation. The people of Allah who are about to be honored with the best of honor to be entered into paradise forever and ever. And may Allah make us of them. And the other group, may Allah protect us, will be headed to the hellfire like a thirsty herd. Wallahu musta'an. a'malahum. So these groups will be driven for what purpose? To be to be shown their deeds. a'malahum. Meaning, they will be shown their deeds. If it's good, they will see the good of their deeds, the good consequences, their good a'mal. And if it was evil, they will be shown the evil consequences of um, those evil deeds. That will be by account and will be written down. Each person will get his book. As we know, people will be given their books. The righteous will get their books in their right hand. And the people, the evil be, or the bad people, the evil people will be given their books in their left hand. Right? And the Quran mentions many of these ayat. As for those will be given their books in their right hand. Some of them, many ayat, some will say, They will be so happy and overjoyed, they will raise their books up and say, this is my book, come read it. This is my book, come and read it. As for those who are given their books in their left hand, they will wish they were never got their books. And they will be in depression. Some will be given, will keep it behind their backs. It will be given behind their backs and so forth. So it will be known, those who receive their books in their right hand, they will be overjoyed. They will be overjoyed. And we will speak about this in the following, or the upcoming surah in, Surah Al-Qari'ah. Allah speaks about this. Those who get in the right hand, those who get in the left hand, and so forth. Uh, right? And those in the left hand, right? We will speak about that in Al-Qari'ah bi-idhnillah ta'ala. Allah allow us to reach that surah. Ameen. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, Allah will bring a believing slave near him and shelter him with his screen and ask him, did you commit such and such a sin? He will say, yes, my Lord. Allah will keep on asking him until he confesses all of his sins. And this person will think that he is ruined because Allah is reminding him, did you commit this sin and that sin and this sin? Although he sheltered and screened and he will think he's ruined after saying, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, my Lord. 
And Allah will then say, Satawrtuha alayka fi dunya I covered those sins. I veiled, I screened your sins in the world, in the dunya. And today I forgive them for you. Subhanallah. And then he will be given his book of his book of deeds in his right hand. Subhanallah. This is the mercy of Allah upon the believers. That yes, there were sinners, clearly, but the Iman was still firm. There were still people of Tawheed. They worshipped Allah Azza wa Jal alone. They did not associate partners with Allah. Hence, you know, we know the, the issue of shirk, Allah, that's not forgiven. Because Allah says, Inna Allah la Indeed, Allah does not forgive the sin of shirk. But whatever is below that, Allah forgives. So as long as a person is a believer, is a muwahid, he only worshipped Allah, Azza wa Jal. But he had his shortcomings, he had his sins. Then this can be his hal, this can be his, his condition on qiyamah, where he comes and he confesses all of those shortcomings, those sins. But Allah will say to him, Satawrtuha alayka fi dunya I conceal those sins in the dunya. And today I will forgive them for you. May Allah make us of them, amin ya rabbal alameen, and they will get their books in their right hands. As for the disbelievers and the hypocrites, the evil acts will be exposed publicly. They will not be screened and sheltered. And the witnesses on that day will say, That's actually a verse of the Quran as well. Um, where Allah Azza wa Jal says, These are the ones who lied against their Lord. Surely Allah's condemnation or curse is upon the wrongdoers. And this will be the state of the disbelievers and the hypocrites come Qiyamah. Right? For example, this is what will happen when they see the consequences of their good or their bad, of their deeds basically. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Whoever does an atom's weight of good will see it. Whomsoever does an atom's weight of good, he will see it. Firstly, we have to discuss the meaning of the word dharrah. Now, latter-day translations, most of them use the word an atom's weight, dharrah, right? Mithqala dharrah, an atom's weight. Although scholars have explained, like Ibn Uthaymin, for example, he says, a dharrah in Arabic is known to be a small, tiny ant. A dharrah in Arabic, this is what is known in the Arabic language. It is not what is commonly known as an atom today. What today people refer to is, is an atom, right? As this was not known to the Arabs of the time. This was not known to the Arabs of the time. They did not know what's an atom. So when they, remember the Quran was revealed to them firstly, right? And Allah does not address people except by what they understand. So they must have had the understanding of dharrah in their days already. So therefore it cannot be some latter-day scientific term that was discovered later on. To them, what was a dharrah? A dharrah is a small, tiny ant. Right? So Allah uses the example of a small ant as an example of something very small or little. Right? Allah uses this example in the Quran. That this is just to indicate that even as small as the, as the, as the weight of an ant. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَظْلِمُ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّهِ Indeed, Allah never wrongs anyone. He's never oppressive for any unjust reason to anyone, even by an atom's weight, or should we say, even by a, a small ant's weight, even by a small ant's weight. And if it is a good deed that they did, he will multiply it many times over and will give them a great reward out of his grace. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, 
So yeah, just another example where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the mithqala dharrah, the weight of a small ant. And he uses these examples to show, you know, it's something that indicates that, that, that is uh, used and it refers to something really tiny. Okay? And, and so whatever good we do, that's what the ayah is saying, it will be seen even if it's as, as light as, as a small ant's weight. Tayyib. So this ayah also proves that it is the deeds of insan that will be weighed on qiyamah. What is going to be weighed? We know there will be a scale, but what's going to be weighed on the scale? This ayah proves it will be the deeds. Our a'mal will be weighed. Because the ayah says, whoever does mayya'mal the, the, to the weight of a small ant, he will see it. Of good, he will see it. Right? Which means, that's what's going to be weighed. The deed itself will be weighed. Right? Similarly, in the hadith in Bukhari, of the adhkar, where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, uh, kalimatan, the hadith of the kalimatan, two statements that are beloved to Allah and that are light on the tongue but thaqilatani ala al-mizani, heavy on the scale. What is, what is the statement? Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. So easy to say beloved to Ar-Rahman and heavy on the scales is to say subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. This also indicates that uh, that that just saying that dhikr is an a'mal, is an, is an act of worship, it's a deed, that's what's going to be heavy on the scale, which means it's going to be weighed. And this is also something possible and easy for Allah. We should not think, how can Allah weigh a deed? Once we do the deed, it's gone. You understand? Where is the deed? The, the deed may be written down in our books. Hence, some ulama said it will be the books that will be weighed. But... Again, if Allah wants to weigh a deed, He can do whatever He wants. So it should not be thought that this is something impossible for Allah. Other ulama stated that it will be the person that will be weighed. It will be the, the person that will be weighed. And of course, this does not mean if you're a heavy person, you get heavier scales. Of course not. It depends on your, your deeds, right? But the, the weight of that person's iman, the weight of that person's deeds, he will be weighed as some of the scholars state. For example, the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, where... He was reaching for something high up one day and his shins became exposed. And some of the companions, they laughed at him because he was known to have thin legs. He was known to have skinny legs. And when they saw this, they laughed and they giggled at him. And Rasulullah he then said, that shin will be heavier on the scale than Mount Uhud. Yani this is the status of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. So some ulama used this and said it will be the person that will be weighed, right? But what seems to be correct and Allah knows best is, Ibn Uthaymin also says that the deeds will be weighed and maybe at times the person, maybe at times the books will be weighed, but it seems to be that the, the, the a'mal will be weighed and Allah Azza wa Jal ultimately knows best. Then Allah says, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ Whoever does an atom's weight of evil will see it. These ayat, they prove that every deed will be recorded and accounted for. Nothing is going to be missed out. No matter how small we think it is, no matter how insignificant we think it is, it will be recorded and it will be seen by the doer of that action, the, by, by the person. Whatever small charity you gave, whatever small good deed you did, and whatever small sin you did, all of this will be recorded and will be presented to this person. He will see his deeds on that day. Um, each person will see every deed that he did, no matter how small or insignificant. And there are a number of ahadith that mention this. Um, for example, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ittaqun nara walaw bishiqi tamrah. 
walau bi kalimatin tayyibah fear or word of the fire even if by giving half a date in charity can you imagine giving half a date in charity none of us would in reality do this but this is the point that the prophet is making even if that's the amount of charity you can give give it because it's going to save you it can potentially save you from the fire because if that small deed you will see it will benefit you and even if by saying a single word of good one word of goodness it will benefit you right if that's going to help you stay away from the fire then do that if that little bit can potentially keep you away from the fire then do that another sahih hadith in bukhari also from Adi, he says that the Prophet said, لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئاً Do not underrate or regard as insignificant any good deed. ولو أن تفرغ من دلوك في إناء المستسقي Even if it is offering drinking water from your bucket to one who is seeking a drink. If it means you have a bottle of water, for example, and somebody is thirsty and you just give him a sip of water, don't, don't belittle that. وَلَوْ أَن تَلْقَى أَخَاكَ وَجْهُكَ إِلَيْهِ مُنْبَسِطًا And even if, it is was, even if it is meeting your brother with a cheerful or smiling face, because we know this is even a sadaqah, right? This in itself is already a good deed. Don't, don't think it's nothing. Don't belittle that good deed, right? Meaning, don't turn away from these things. Don't think it's, ah, it's nothing, you know? Ah, it's, it's, it's not worth anything. Oh, I only have a one rand. What, like, what can I give this poor person? What's a one rand? What's a 50 cents worth? Give it. Give it. It's something. Don't belittle it. It will come on the day of Qiyamah and you will see it there. That's what the ayah said. Whatever good you do, whatever good it was, no matter how small, even if it's equal to the weight of a small ant, you will see it on Qiyamah. This is what the ayah is telling us. And then we can also mention the other ayat we Allah says about sadaqah, that it is multiplied by 700. So 50 cents, for example, times by 700 is equal to how much? Subhanallah. So again, don't, do not belittle these deeds. Right? Another hadith, in, also in Bukhari, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya ma'ashara nisa'il mu'minat, O people, O party of believing women, nisa'il mu'minat, la tahqiranna jaratan lijaratiha walaw fir sanashah. None of you should be little a gift sent by your neighbor, even if it's a firsan, right, of sheep. A firsan is a, a hoof, right, the, the hoof of the, the hoof of the sheep, right, which is the, 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 the hoofs, right, by the feet. Um, even if that's what she gives, do not belittle that, because even that is equal to a good deed, it's, it's, a, it's a gift, it's sadaqah. In another hadith he said, Ruddu sa'ila walaw muhraq. Give something to the beggar, even if it is a burnt hoof, even if it is a, a burnt hoof, yani if it's something valuable, if it's something they can benefit from, then give them, right? Yes, we should try to give more when we can. We should try to give them the best. That is also true. We should try and always give more. That's definitely. But if this is all you have to give, then give. Don't think it's not good enough. Don't think if it's something that they can benefit from, that they will help them in their desperate situation, then give for the sake of Allah, and you will see that good deed there. Um, Aisha radiallahu anha, she gave a single grape in charity, and she said, to how much dust is it equal? To how much dust? What is this worth? But she gave it for the sake of Allah. Uh, another hadith, Tufail, uh, from Tufail, that Aisha told him that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, 
يا عائشة إياك ومحقرات الذنوب فإن لها من الله طالبا He used to say, O Aisha, beware of the sins that are belittled. Beware of the sins that are belittled. So we spoke a lot about the good deeds that are belittled, but also the sins that are belittled. For indeed they will be taken account of by Allah Azza wa Jal. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Beware of the sins that are belittled, for verily they are gathered in a man until they destroy him. And so just like we all, we must be, we should not belittle the good and don't think it's too small of a good, Likewise, do not belittle, belittle the evil, right? Um, as they say, a mountain is only made up of small stones, small pebbles, small uh, 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 granules of sand. It all adds up. Just like this, our good deeds can add up. Likewise, our bad deeds can add up. Don't think a deed is too small. Uh, or it's, it's just a small, it's just looking at haram. It's just speaking about haram. It's just doing this. It's just doing that. This is what the shaitan does. He makes us think and believe it's something minor. Right? But here he says, beware of those sins that are belittled. Because they are gathered in a man, they add up, they add up, until that man is destroyed, subhanAllah. So this is of course something to be weary of. And that's why the ayah says, Whoever does the small ant's weight of evil, he will also see it. He will also, if you do a million evil deeds, which are small, but a million small things add up to, a very big thing, subhanAllah. So this, this is, again, some of the advice or some of the interpretations of the ayah. And as we can see, this is an extremely powerful ayah. You know, all of these ayat, they carry so much weight and they have so much advice in it and so much warning in it and so much um, guidance in it for the believer. Wallahul musta'an. Ibn Uthaymin, rahimahullah, he says, this entire surah is a caution and a warning of that ultimate shaking of the earth that's going to come. On Qiyamah. It's a warning that we do not want to be there. And we want to be of the people who are successful on that day and are saved from that day. And not the people who are running and wandering around like drunk and intoxicated people. Subhanallah. And within the surah is also an encouragement to do good deeds. Definitely it's an encouragement to do good deeds and to abstain away from sin. Right? It reminds that deeds should never be belittled. Don't think that small good thing is too small. And don't think that that small bad deed is too, ba- is too small. Never ever belittle any deed because all of them they add up and we will see them either it will be good for us or either it will be bad for us. Even if it is equal to the small weight of a small ant or the weight of a small ant or even less than that. Or even less than that. Inside we'll see them and come across them on the day of Qiyamah. Right? So subhanAllah, there are so many benefits in such a powerful surah. We ask Allah Azza wa for a good ending upon khayr, upon righteousness, upon success and happiness. And that he makes us of that group of people who will meet him, that will meet him ila rahmani wafda, like that honored uh, delegation, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned him in the Quran, uh, the muttaqeen who will meet him, who will be led to him, ila uh, rahmani wafda, as an honored um, delegation, amin rabbil alameen. We ask Allah azza wa jal to bless us, to guide us, and to make us of those who benefit from his words, and to those who understand his words, and those who are of the Ahlul Qur'an, the true people of the Qur'an, those who are his special people. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Until next week, we recover Surah Al-Adiyat, insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.